Hello, everyone, and welcome to the inaugural 49ers Web Zone podcast. We are reviving the podcast from a ways back, uh, and we're bringing it back to you with a little bit different format. Uh, my name is Oscar. My name is Richard. And he is an absolute dirty, rotten Cowboys fan. Uh, he is one of my best friends, but I absolutely disagree with just about everything he says, uh, and that's going to play, well, a pivotal role within our podcast. Yeah, it's called Better Rivals. Did you say that? I'm sorry, I'm not really paying attention. I, I don't think I did. Should I be paying attention to this? I'm right. going to start right now paying attention. But yes, um, I'm a Dirty Rotten Cowboys fan. I was raised in Dallas, and my first memory of football is sitting on a blanket in front of an old tube television with a bucket of fried chicken and my father watching the 92 Super Bowl um, with the Cowboys just absolutely trouncing the Bills. And from then, it's been a learning experience um, in that not my team doesn't always win. It's taken a long time, uh, but here we are uh, hoping for another Super Bowl this year. My friend, Cowboys Super Bowl this year. Not going to happen. I agree, it's not going to happen. The Bears are going to be in the Super Bowl, but that's an entirely different discussion. Even dumber prognostication. But nevertheless, uh, I have been a Niner fan since 1989, watching Joe Montana hit uh, John Taylor in the back of the end zone to win uh, that Super Bowl. John Taylor, and uh, I remember when I grew up in the Bay Area, there was a, a Burger King off of El Camino Real, and there was a John Taylor mural that was painted in there with him just holding the ball up triumphantly after catching that game-winning catch. It's just, I, uh, I had a lot of Burger King as a kid, uh, so I, uh, I very much enjoyed the mural, and I'm a definitely a lifetime 49ers fan. You painted the mural? I did not paint the mural. All right. Again, I, I'm going to start pay, paying attention right now. So, we argue a lot, if you probably couldn't tell from that first two-minute exchange. No, uh, we don't. Our friendship is predicated basically upon the premise that we argue just about uh, on every topic. And so that's going to really be the format of this podcast. We're going to have a couple of segments. We're going to begin with some top stories. We're going to have some buy or sells. But the meat of the argument is going to be a weekly or bi-weekly debate based on whatever is topical in the 49ers universe. Of course, Richard is going to bring... The Cowboys perspective, a.k.a. the moronic perspective. It will be ludicrous, yes. Generally speaking. And I, of course, will bring the voice of reason, the 49ers perspective, uh, also known as the best perspective. I call it the voice of reason, but I won't get into that. That's a joke. It's not very funny. Okay, let's continue. Where are we starting? Well, we have two rules. Before we get into the top stories for this week, we're going to have two rules. One uh, is a rule that uh, Richard made up. Yes. Well, here, here's what's going to happen. Anytime I catch Oscar um, dropping the ball, I'm going to call him Kyle Williams. You're welcome, 49er fans. It makes me want to gouge my own eyeball out whenever I hear that. But nevertheless, whenever Richard messes up, I'm going to call him Letty. I don't get it. Leon Lett. Right. That was dumb. Yes, it was pretty freaking dumb. So, I'm going to call him Letty. He's going to call me Kyle Williams. We're generally going to degrade each other in whatever way humanly possible uh, because, well, we enjoy degrading each other. I'm going to change that to K-Dub. That's a lot quicker. So our next segment, top stories. One of the recent stories that just came up quite literally today is one Mr. Ben Roethlisberger complaining about the treatment that he received against the 49ers 
in one of the late games uh, last season. Here's a quote from one Mr. Ben Roethlisberger. He said, quote, I think when we played San Fran, I felt like there were some things going on, some extra. Now, obviously, I did have the ankle and I was playing, so there was kind of a bullseye on there anyway. But for the most part, guys play tough, and you go into a game expecting it. I expect to be tougher than them. It sounds way more eloquent when you say it. But, yeah, I, I think he's just whining and complaining. I really don't buy anything that uh, Roethlisberger alleges at this point. But, I mean, come on. He's out there with a broken ankle. If he doesn't want to get injured, don't go out on the football field with a broken ankle. It's just inviting it. Any player doesn't need a coach to lay money down on a table to attack that. I mean, it's war when the guys are out there. They're looking for any weakness they can find. And anybody on the defense, Oscar, correct me if I'm wrong, but anybody on the Niners' defense is going to be trying to make it to where he, he flinches, where he, he doesn't want to stand and take the shot. That's where they want to get him, right? This is the, the unfortunate kind of dichotomy of the, the game that we love. It is a violent game. Of course people are going to hit him. If they know his ankle is broken, and it was going into that game, of course they're going to try and make him flinch. But they did not hit him in any way, shape, or form that was illegal. I don't think anybody got flagged that game. It wasn't anything crazy. Uh, as a matter of fact, there's actually a, a blogger, Mike Sando, who blogs for the NFC West for ESPN, who reviewed every offensive play and said, in effect, that nothing untoward was happening based on his eyes. And I remember watching that game. It wasn't, it wasn't anything crazy. He was just out there with a broken ankle. Of course you're going to notice when people are coming anywhere near that. It's a broken ankle. Yeah, he's just a fool. Okay, let's, let's move on. All right. So All the right. next story. The next story, of course, is, uh, it basically came out of Twitter. And that is the, the Twitter exchange that Jerry Rice and A.J. Jenkins have had over the last couple of days. Now, these are exchanges between two first-round draft picks, quite literally... 25 to 30 years apart. You've got A.J. Jenkins, who was drafted in the first round for the 49ers this year, 2012. You've got Jerry Rice, who was drafted in the first round uh, in 1985. And basically, Jerry Rice had a regiment. He had the hill. It was a two-and-a-half-mile climb in San Carlos, and he has invited other people to take the challenge with him. As far as I know, it's not until now that a, that a rookie-wide receiver has finally said, yeah, Mr. Jerry Rice, I'll take that with you, and that's A.J. Jenkins. I think that's absolutely great. I mean, I, it's just kind of, it's, it warms my heart as a Dirty Rotten Cowboys fan to, to see this. I, I don't know anything about Jerry Rice. That's pause, a pause for a joke. That was a joke. Um, feel free to laugh. I'm trying to be funny. It's not working, I know. All right, but I think it's great that he's taking him out there. Um, it surprises me that, uh, not more, that more players haven't done it. I think it's great for the kind of old guy to bring the new guy in and challenge him, and I think it'll be good for him. I mean, if, if I know anything about Jerry Rice, he had a fantastic work ethic. Is that correct? Uh, he I, had a workout regimen that was legend. Yeah, so I think it's great. Uh, I mean, especially the guy's got a lot of pressure on him coming in, coming in the first round when nobody saw it coming. So I think there's a lot of pressure on him to perform, and I think this is an awesome step to kind of counter that, get in with, you know, the man, and ha and, and learn whatever he can. And I'm let me ask you this question. If it if A.J. Jenkins performs anywhere near what Jerry Rice did, are you going gonna to be happy? I think any wide receiver in the NFL would be happy to perform at near the level of Jerry Rice. 
Jerry Rice is an unparalleled wide receiver. And if he, uh, hell, look, 49ers fans would be happy if A.J. Jenkins broke 1,000 yards. At this point, our bar for wide receivers is relatively low. So if he breaks 1,000 yards, we're going to be happy. The fact that Jerry Rice seems to be taking him under his wing is really icing on the cake. Yeah, I think it's great. Perfect. I don't know if I could run the hill. Let's, let's do that next time I'm in San Francisco. Let's not. It's two and a half miles at an incline. I, I, I could beat you up that hill. I, I would puke. I would too. 30 steps up that hill. I would puke twice. <laughs> you just said that because you want to win. At win. puking. Oh, no, no, no. I, well, that's I, I would definitely win at puking. I would also win the race. So third and final story here uh, this week is going to be Alex Smith working on his mechanics. Now, Alex Smith saw a quarterback guru this offseason to work on two things. One, the Mike Martz identified problem with his mechanics, which is that Alex Smith locks his front leg whenever he throws passes. And two, which I hadn't heard of before this article posted, was that he drops back at an angle sometimes. It's probably the remnants of David Carr syndrome from getting sacked so many times. But because he drops uh, in his quarterback drops as an, at an angle, he oftentimes is inaccurate with his throws because he's not throwing from the same launch point. And so between the locking his left leg, which or locking his front leg, which causes his passes to sail high, and dropping at an angle, he's hoping to become more accurate by working on his fundamentals. Now, this bringing in a, a quarterback guru to coach fundamentals, this sounds really familiar to me. Did uh, Whoa, wait, I figured it out. Isn't it? It, it was Tebow. Smith is taking a, a page out of, out of Tebow's book now. Are you really comparing Alex Smith to Tim Tebow right now? Yes. Did you see that game in, in Pittsburgh? That was amazing. Tebow totally won that game. That was awesome. Look, even a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and again, all right? Up against the Steelers uh, on their, their what's, Heinz Field? I, Look, in, in the playoffs, no. Look, that defense did not respect Tebow at all. They dared him to make a throw. And he did. And and he did. 50-50, right? That's his completion percentage, about 50-50. Not, so, in the fourth, not in the fourth quarter. Not in the fourth quarter, of course, because Jesus is overseeing Tebow in the fourth quarter. Yep, with arms wide open, then. It's a Creed <laughs> yes. reference. We'll, we'll get... <laughs> That's right. I, I pulled in Creed. Jesus bands are very <laughs> popular. Yes, we'll get, I'm sure, into Tebow debates later. Needless to say, I think Tebow is a, a glorified goal line running back, while uh, my counterpart here thinks that Tebow is Jesus reincarnate on football fields. Uh, not necessarily. I think Tebow does have his uh, uses. I, he proved that he can be effective. Is he a great quarterback in the mold that we traditionally accept great quarterbacks god no uh, but uh, he he was very good at what when when it came to crunch time he was very good at moving football. now don't 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 sell yourself short because we've had many a conversation about this famed two quarterback system you love to advance and and you had tebow as the shining example of your two quarterback system yes and let me explain this um to all of you listeners who I have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about what they did in Florida with Chris Leak. That's silly. You can't pull one quarterback off the field and put another one in. Bill uh, Walsh did. No, I don't. I, I don't know what you're talking about right now. That doesn't matter. What I'm talking about is okay. Say Vince Young is floating around uh, the quarterback market right now. What I'm talking about is picking up Vince Young, putting him in the backfield with Tim Tebow, 
And just using them as your backs. Tebow has proven that he can be a running back in this league. That's what he did all last year. And Vince is a big guy. He's very fast. He's very physical and a great runner in the open field. So what you do is you have them both in the backfield and they kind of, you never know. How does the defense prepare for that? You don't know which guy the ball is being snapped to. They both can be effective in the open field. So if either of them can catch, they're both athletes. I'm assuming they can. Uh, I think... He's shaking his head. He it's, doesn't agree with I'm, I'm shaking my head because it's a stupid idea. It's a ridiculous idea. You're talking about removing a running back, a skill position, and replacing it with a quarterback who has a very limited skill set. And you're asking – I mean, what you're doing is you're basically removing the running game altogether. Much like the Wildcat removes the passing game to a large degree, this two-quarterback system that you're advocating, which is moronic at best, is removing the running threat from the offense. And so all that does is it makes it easier for defenses to key in on the things that you're going to be doing, thus making it easier for them to stop. There can be a running game, though. You have two guys in the backfield that are capable of running the football. Tebow ran the football very effectively last year, and over the course of his career, so has Vince. So one of them takes a snap, the other hands off to whoever doesn't have the football, and there you go. They can both run shit out of the backfield. Sorry to use the word again. Okay. (laughs) They can both run out of the backfield. Um, they can. I'm assuming they both have hands. They can both catch. You can't just ignore them if they're sitting wide open in the flat. You have to take a, You have to take account for them. And and I don't know what I was going to say, but I think it makes sense. No, you can't say that they're that any that either one of them is effective as a running back because you Tebow just, the, is effective as a no. Runner. The reason that Tebow is effective as a runner is because there is the threat of the option which requires an actual running back. And without that running back option, All right, hence so, the name option, okay, so you, you put, don't have that threat. So you put a running back in the backfield, so you still have three people in the backfield, quarterback, quarterback, running back instead of quarterback, running back, fullback. Yeah, but now you're removing a lot of receivers. So, you're, you're, again, you're limiting no, your skill positions. No, I'm adding skill positions. <laughs> this is, I'm adding, uh, not skill position. I think... Vince Young and Tim Tebow are both fantastic football players, and I think when you have players that are special in the ways that both of them can be, you want them on the field. I think that Tim Tebow and Vince Young are special in that kind of I ride the short yellow bus to school special way, and so I don't think that you want them really on your team for anything other maybe than a Vince, backup. Maybe Vince Tebow has done nothing to deserve that from you. Again, I beg to disagree. But Tebow has done nothing. This will be a lingering theme. We'll bring Tebow back. I know you want to hear it. I love talking about it. That's a lie. I, I hate talking about it. <laughs> hate talking about it, but we have to because, I don't know, why do we have to? We don't. But, but those are our top <laughs> stories. So now on to our third segment. Or rather, yes, our, well, our third segment today. Typically Let's try that again. Section. <laughs> and now for our third section. No, it's not our third. Take... It's our second one. And now for our second section. Shut up for a second. I, I, wait, I, have, I have the solution. And now for our next segment. <laughs> well, then we have to leave space so I can oh, cut. I was space. And now for our next segment, which is the debate for tonight's episode. Uh, well, I guess it's tonight right now. You could be listening to this in the morning while you're jogging or doing whatever it is that you're doing. Either which way, today's segment is going to be a very simple question. And that is... Are the 49ers going to repeat as NFC West champions? Now, as you can imagine, I believe that they will indeed repeat as NFC West champions. However, my uh, idiot friend over here, 
Yes, well, I think you are wrong. I think the Seattle Seahawks will take the NFC West this year, and I say that mainly for one reason, and that reason is Matt Flynn. I am in love with Matt Flynn. I think he's going to be the second coming of Aaron Rodgers, only this time in a Seattle uniform. And, yeah, I think they have a they have a tremendously solid defense, perhaps not as solid as the 49ers, but they've been very, very good defensively over the past three or four years. They have weapons on the offense for Flynn to work with. Sidney Rice is there. Is he, he's still there, right? Healthy? Yeah, as long as he doesn't, yeah. like, you know, bonk his head on anything. But when he has played, he, Sidney Rice has been very, very good, even with Tavares Jackson's quarterback. They have Kevin Boss, great tight end. And uh, Golden Tate plays well. Who's the other guy? I forget the other guy. Uh, wide receiver Jonathan from Stanford. Bal- Jonathan Baldwin. That's right. Played very, very well for them. So they have weapons for Flynn to work with, and I think he's miles ahead of what Tavares Jackson can do. And I... You're going to say limited sample size, I know, but the two, I watched the two games that he played in um, as a starter, and he was absolutely spectacular. I think if, if you look at his production, it's like over almost 750, close bordering on 800 yards, I think, in two games, and he's got nine touchdowns and two interceptions over two games as a backup. Uh, so I'm total, I think that that says Miles, considering he's played played against uh, the Detroit Lions, tough environment. He's put up numbers in that game that Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers haven't hit. And in the previous game, the first game that he started, no one was expecting him to perform any way, shape, or form against the Patriots the way he did. And he almost won that game for him. Well, look, of course I'm going to say limited sample size because, well, it is a limited sample size. One game does not make you an NFL quarterback. Sure, he had a really good game. He threw six touchdowns. Whoop-dee-doo. He has an amazing team, a great supporting cast, and he's been within a system for a couple of years. He's had really good development. He's had all the things that require him to be a good quarterback. But that doesn't mean that that's going to project necessarily to success in Seattle. I don't think that Matt Flynn is going to be one of the most amazing quarterback stories of this next season. I think he's going to have some up games. He's going to have some down games. But I think that the the closest comparison to Matt Flynn is going to be Kevin Cobb. And I think one thing and one thing alone indicates what that is or indicates that is true. His contract. If he was going to if the Seattle Seahawks thought he was going to be so amazing, they would have offered him some sort of long-term deal with a ridiculous amount of money. But no, they hedged their bets. Why did they hedge their bets? Why did they give him a three-year deal? Because it is a big risk. Because he has a limited sample size. And before this past season, he didn't look all that great. He threw some picks. He threw some bad picks in the red zone when he was filling in for Aaron Rodgers. uh, When Aaron Rodgers got those concussions. And then he had a great game this past year on a really good team. Of course it's a limited sample size. So before we even get into the 49ers, which I think is going to trump any argument you might have... When we're just talking about Matt Flynn, we're talking about a quarterback with a limited sample size who played on a really good team, and now he's going to have to play on a team with significantly less talent than Green Bay because, you know, say what you say about uh, the Seattle Seahawks talent, it's not nearly as good as Green Bay. Now we'll have to see what he does. Yeah, they they don't have the talent that Green Bay does, but I, I watched him play. He generally makes good decisions. He throws a very pretty ball. And I, I, going by my eyes here, like the way he looks. And I don't think Kevin Cobb is is a very good example. I mean, I watched Kevin Cobb play um, when he was on the Eagles. I don't think he ever looked anywhere near as good as Flynn did at any point. So, 
And and the quarterback market was way different this year. They of course they um, they shorted him on the contract given what uh, happened in Arizona with uh, Kevin Cobb this year. So um, yeah, totally buying on Matt Flynn. He's on my fantasy team. You don't get him. Look here. Here's what I think. I think now we can switch and take a look at the 49ers. I think the 49ers have the best defense in the NFL. I think that you can look at statistics in lots of different ways, but when you look at the actual production, when you look at rushing touchdowns scored on a defense, when you look at the best defensive player in the NFL, and that is Justin Smith, when you look at the starting 11 who has returned in the same system for two years in a row, I think you have a defense that is built to shut teams down. You look at the 49ers offense, an offense that won the NFC West, and that beat Seattle, and that took them to the NFC Championship game. You've got a team that is the same, if not better. You're upgrading at right guard. You're upgrading at wide receiver. You've even got an additional weapon in LaMichael James and an additional weapon on the outside, or weapons on the outside, in Randy Moss and A.J. Jenkins. You've got a team that was already better than Seattle that is, con- that is just getting better, and you've got Seattle, which was not as good as the 49ers, who got potentially better with Matt Flynn, and you basically have a recipe for the Niners being better than the Seahawks again. They got way better with Matt Flynn. Way better. No, not at all. Way, way, way better. All right, look at the schedule. All right, first game, what do you say? Packers, at the Packers. I think that's a 50-50 game, but since we're at Lambeau, I think we lose. Agreed. Um, Lions at home. Win. I say loss. Loss? Schwartz has that team coming back. For a vengeance after the game, after the game last year, after Look, the handshake ball, handshakes do not define the outcome of a game. No, we, but he's going to have his team pumped up. He's no. going to have his team pumped. Up. Look, I don't care if you pump up your team with whatever it is oh, that you two. want. No, no, no. at not the Vikings, all. not at all. They win at the Vikings. They win at the Vikings. At the Jets, they win at the Jets. They win at the Jets. Beat the Bills. They beat the Bills. Beat the Giants. They beat the Giants. They will take Seattle at home. They will indeed. Um, they'll beat the Cardinals at the Cardinals. Yeah, so right now we're at one loss going into the bye. Or two losses. Anyway, uh, beat the Rams. Yes. I say they lose to the Bears. They beat the Bears. The Bears are going to the Super Bowl. They the, the no, they are not going to the Super Bowl. Um, at the Saints, you guys lose at in New Orleans. I'll agree. We lose in New Orleans on that fast track. As long as they figure out what the hell to do with Drew Brees. I think Fisher stills one from you in St. Louis. Nope. And you guys will beat the Dolphins. Tannehill's yep. going to be awful. Um, at the Patriots, ooh, I'll give you that one, actually. No, I, I actually think we lose that game. Oh, really? I'll give you, I'll actually give you that game. Yep. Um, at the Seahawks, Matt Flynn takes Alex Smith down because he's a better quarterback than Alex Smith. And then the Cardinals beat you guys because I want you guys to split that. I think we split that series with the Cardinals. I think we lose to the Seahawks in Seattle. We lose to the Patriots. I think we actually end the season on a three-game losing streak. So I think we... I think 12-4 and four is like the high point. That's, that's the optimistic point. I don't think we match 13 wins again. Um, I think we go 12-4 and four at best. I think 10-6 and six to 12-4 and four is pretty much where we end up. I think I got you 9-7, and 10-6. 9-7 and is ridiculous. Uh, but Seattle comes out on top. Not with the defense that we have. Uh, well, we'll you, see. We, that's we'll just see. crazy I will, talk. I will bet you money. Absolute <laughs> crazy talk. Okay. 
So now we move on to buy or sell. And if you're not familiar with buy or sell, it's pretty simple. Uh, I'm going to ask Richard some questions. He's going to ask me some questions. In a nutshell, we're going to have to buy what it is that we're selling throughout these questions. So Richard is going to ask the first couple of questions, and I'm going to give you my buy or sell. So Richard, go ahead. All right, Oscar, buy or sell. You would take the pundits' picks um, for the 49ers' first round draft pick or Balky's pick for their first round I'm going to go ahead and buy Balky's picks because I have faith in Trent Balky. Our GM has shown that he can select players at the right spot. Everyone thought the same thing about uh, our first-round draft pick last year. And uh, you know what? Alden Smith turned out to be a pretty good player. He had 14 sacks, uh, 14 and a half sacks, if I'm not mistaken. And he was second in defensive uh, rookie of the year. It's just you, you, can't, you can't disprove results. And so far, Balky has proven that he knows what the hell he's doing. So I'm going to go with Balky on this one. I agree with you. I think it shocked a lot of people. There were a lot of sexier picks out there. But I think when you look at it, um, I started to get the sense when I read about A.J. Jenkins that uh, I watched some film on him. He's really fast. And he catches the ball with his hands, something we cannot say about Stephen Hill. And he returns punts as well. Um, given what happened with K-Dub in the playoffs, I would say that that's an absolute great pick. They wanted to add more speed, and A.J. was the fastest guy. So I think it makes perfect sense. Great pick. Yeah, so correction, he actually, Aldisman did indeed have 14 sacks last year. Uh, and I agree. I think that, you know, when, when Harbaugh says something like, you know, show me something on film that A.J. Jenkins does not do well, I would say, well, block, but... He does have hands, and he is fast, and he can play every wide receiver spot on the field, which you cannot say about other wide receivers uh, that were drafted later after A.J. Jenkins. All right. Uh, next, buy or sell. Uh, are you going to buy the 49ers winning more games than my Cowboys? I will indeed buy that. I, like I said, I think the 49ers finished somewhere between tw- uh, 10 and 6 and 12 and 4, um, and I think that they will indeed buy or win more games than the Cowboys. The, the NFC East is going to shape up to be a tough division this year. Yes, it is. It, the Eagles, I think, have a shot to win that division, but I think the Redskins are going to wreck shot for a lot of teams. The Redskins may not win the division. They may not even make the playoffs or even end above 500, but they're going to steal some games from some of their divisional foes. I, I can agree with that statement, but I think the Cowboys come out 10-6 uh, and six or 11-5 and five ahead of the Niners at... Nine and seven. Not as long as Tony backwards hat Romo is playing, but that's again a I discussion love, for another time. I love those big ears. All right, next buy or sell. Are you buying Lamichael James will have more carries than Kendall Hunter this season? I'm gonna sell. Lamichael James has fewer carries than Kendall Hunter, but he has more receptions than Kendall Hunter. I think Lamichael James is gonna be used more like a Darren Sproles than anything else. Does that excite you? It it does. It it makes me happy, you know, down there. Oh, that's exciting. Do you think Frank Gore finishes the season? I do. I think he does finish the season. I think with the reduced amount of carries that he's going to have, he, he's probably going to be unhappy only because Frank Gore is the kind of player that wants to be the guy on the field. But I think that Kendall Hunter and LaMichael James are going to make the 49ers more dynamic. The screens that we can run in a shotgun formation with Kendall Hunter and LaMichael James are going to be superior just based on the speed on the outside. I think LaMichael James can be used like a Darren Sproles. Um, and I also think that LaMichael James makes uh, Ted Ginn's roster spot just a little bit more tenuous. I know it's risky going with an unproven returner, 
but the 49ers had enough confidence in Kyle Williams to put him under the gun uh, in the playoffs, I think they'd be more than happy to do that with LaMichael James over the course of the season. How much worse is going to get, right? All right, are you going to buy that the Dark Knight Rises outgrosses the Avengers, and it's amazing, incredible opening weekend? I think I'm going to sell. I think the Avengers grosses more than Dark Knight over the course uh, of its opening weekend. Perhaps not over the course of the movie's life, but over the course of its opening weekend. Definitely opening weekend. No way the Dark Knight Rises can touch that. And But I think the Dark Knight Rises will be a slight setback. I, it doesn't have the Joker figure that carried the last film. Let's go. Ask me some questions, buddy. All right. Alex Smith, buy or sell. He throws more than 22 touchdowns this year. Absolute buy. I mean, they, they all they did this offseason was give him weapons to work with. And we saw in the playoffs last year that he can make the throws to drive the team down uh, when... When he needs to. And with Randy Moss on there, I think Randy Moss is going to have a huge year um, just making up for past sins. So, absolutely. 22, I think he hits easy. I think Randy Moss has a good first half of the year. A.J. Jenkins takes a spot later in the year. Buy or sell. A.J. Jenkins has more yards than Randy Moss at the end of the year. Sell. Like I said, I'm buying Randy Moss this season. I think he's seen his legacy tarnished. And with all the young, big receivers making a lot of waves in the league. He wants to come back and add a little bit of something-something to his career, and I think he takes it very seriously. I'm picturing a lot of long, deep touchdown passes that we've seen from him in the past, only this time in a 49er uniform. Really? Yes. You think he's going to... I think he's going to play very well. I think people are going to be surprised. I'm, I'm skeptical. You can be. I have zero vested interest, so I think he's going to play well. Buy or sell. The 49ers trade down in the second round, was better than the Cowboys trading up in the first round. I'm going to have to sell that. I think that the 49ers did a great job in the draft, um, piling up draft picks. I mean, we've seen that they are very, very good at finding uh, value and pieces that can improve their team anywhere in the draft. But what the Cowboys did trading up from 14 to 6 to get one of the six elite players in the draft at a position of need with Morris Claiborne, I think is great. I think he's going to be an elite cover corner in the league and will be playing for them for 10 or 12 years. So absolutely, uh, Cowboys went out on that. You know, I'm actually going to agree with you here. I, I do love what Balky did in the draft. He stockpiled a lot of picks, but I do think Claiborne was one of the elite talents this year. Uh, and I think one of the elite, really, talents at the defensive back position over the last three or four years, and they got him dirt cheap. They really only gave up like what another second round pick or something like that. Uh, it was just that second, that just this year's second. Yeah, so, so. I think that was. I think it was good. Yeah, uh, and steal. finally, and perhaps most importantly, buy or sell. Kate Beckinsale better in black leather than Scarlett Johansson. Bye, 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 my friend. I love her in those underworld movies. I love her buttocks. And, yeah, her accent's really, really hot. And Scarlett Johansson, I think, looks like my sister. So I can't find her attractive in any sexual way at all. So definitely Kate Beckinsale. Well, like, there are no rules against me uh, and your sister. So I'm, I, I'm definitely going to take Scarlett Johansson. No. I'm waving my hand in front of my face. Uh, that sickens me. Please don't talk like that about my sister. Thanks so much for joining us on this first inaugural podcast for the 49ers Web Zone. You can find Richard on the forums as Dirty Rotten Cowboy Fan. Please give him as much crap as you absolutely can. Uh, and if you have any suggestions or comments about today's show, feel free to go ahead and send them to BetterRivals at 
49erswebzone.com. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Oscar. My name is Richard. Go Niners.